this is Terry Beatley, your host of What If We've Been Wrong? I'm shining light into some dark places so that beauty, goodness, and truth defeat the schemes of the enemy. It's true, people are perishing for lack of knowledge, and we're instructed to have nothing to do with the evil deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. That's what I do on What If We've Been Wrong? Rethink, explore, and uncover some hidden truths so that more people can experience an abundant life and the joy of being set free from the shackles that hold us in prison. Welcome to What If We've Been Wrong. All right, I'm so excited today to interview Christine Ibanez. Uh, She is the director of Birth and Beyond Women's Care in San Jose, California. And the reason for this is they've made a new discovery on how to rescue women who are homeless in San Jose, California to literally get them off the streets and provide shelter, um, housing, food, uh, care for them during their pregnancy and beyond, uh, even helping them find jobs. You know, and this is one of the big issues that a lot of people on the pro-choice side of the abortion argument will say, oh, well, you pro-lifers, you you only, you're, you're pro-baby, you're pro-birth, but you're not pro-woman. Well, let me tell you something. Christine and her team, they've knocked it out of the park. They're setting almost like a new precedent across the, for the rest of the United States to look at what's happening in San Jose. Christine, welcome to What If We've Been Wrong. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm so glad we connected the other day. And as soon as we start, no, as soon as you started sharing what happened beginning <laughs> July 4th, I thought, oh my gosh, I've got an interview for my radio show. And then we sat in my car for the next hour and talked and I realized, okay, that could have been the radio interview. <laughs> uh, but uh, Oh my gosh. Yeah, let, definitely. Let's just jump into it. Um, tell us first a little bit about yeah. birth, birth and Beyond Women's Care in San Jose, and then mm-hmm. we'll launch into this exciting new discovery that you've made. So tell us a oh, little yeah. bit about Birth and Beyond in San Jose. Oh, yeah, definitely. So um, for, for donors and benefactors, uh, we are known as the Juan Diego Society. Um, and we are t- 32 years old now, and... Uh, the Juan Diego Society was formed actually by uh, Monsignor Sweeney and a group of parishioners way back here in San Jose, California to meet the needs of uh, young pregnant girls, uh, not necessarily girls on the street who are homeless, but all pregnant women that needed to know that they had an option for life um, and that we needed to uncover exactly what Planned Parenthood was was doing behind the curtain Um, what they were doing for women, which was giving them only one choice, which was to terminate the pregnancy. So the center started as um, a bit of sidewalk counseling, a bit of protesting, uh, a bit of help and care for young ladies, and and just everything all rolled up into one. Um, And I came on board just about a year ago, and I had had some experience already with uh, serving homelessness, Um, and working at um, a place that was called Families First EMQ as well that does social services. But I was part of a sidewalk counseling team um, myself, and I also was working with homeless women um, and everybody uh, by going out to the streets and and ministering and serving every other Saturday morning with a little tiny group called Sleeping Bags for the Homeless. Well, it turns out, of course, because there's almost 5,000 homeless on the streets of San Jose every single night. And this is our, our very current numbers as of the beginning of 2017. And the numbers keep growing every year. 
there are almost 5,000 on the streets and there are about seven or 750 beds available, leaving 4,000 some without anywhere to go, without any shelter. Um, And when I met with the managers of those centers that are the, the homeless advocacy shelters, they tell me that over half are women and of those women, maybe 10 to 20% at once are pregnant on any given night. And I thought, oh my gosh, we're not doing enough to help those young ladies. That needs to be where we focus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, we, we had, at the same time, we were putting together a brand new marketing campaign. So with the help of Heartbeat International, what we did was we focused ourselves on what it is that we need to do to advertise ourselves to young ladies, uh, specifically millennials, to reach them on their turf and their grounds. And to not take away who we are and what we do, but to just show them the face that we have that's that's there to help them. So we launched this entire new brand. It's uh, birthandbeyond.health, or in Spanish, it's embarazoayuda.org.org. And both of those websites are completely aimed at her. What if I'm pregnant? What do I do? What if I'm homeless? What if my boyfriend dumps me? What if my parents kick me out of the house? All the things that she may be facing right now. Um, and we advertise with, with Google keywords, and we don't use the word abortion. We're not an anti-abortion clinic. We are pro-pregnancy, pro-woman, pro-life. So we say, what are my choices to keep this child? What are my choices if I want to co-parent and adopt the child out? Uh, where am I going to live? What kind of jobs can I have? What can I do? Christine, I yeah. don't think a lot of these mm-hmm. women are just, they're scared, they're, um, you know, they're mm-hmm. alone. You know, I can't imagine being homeless, number one, um, but they must be full of fear and anxiety. I mean, what are you finding? Because I know you've reached out to a number mm-hmm. of them now. Mm-hmm. What, what What's the common thread among a lot of these women? Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, well, the reason it's, it's, interesting um and curious the reasons for homelessness um are not some of the things you you would think um it's it's really not uh drug addiction it's more of people who can't find jobs or they have a part-time job and nowhere to live and they can't find a a broken down bus or a trailer and they can't rent a garage for two thousand dollars a month in san jose um and the the price per bedroom here is about two thousand or twenty five hundred a month per room Um, And a lot of people just can't afford that rent. And so the young ladies that we're finding are, they're scared, they're terrified. Um, They're actually, many of them are educated. Most will have a high school education or more. Mm -hmm. Um, They're very literate. Um, Chances are they actually probably still have a cell phone and they're paying $25 a month for service somewhere or they're using a library for the internet. They're finding us through the internet and through our our hotline. Mm -hmm. It's... um, yeah, we have uh, 331-444-LIFE, spelled out, 5433, and that goes right to uh, me or my counselors 24-7. And you can text to us, and I'll text back mm-hmm. <laughs> um, right there, right then and there, but it's young ladies that are just terrified to know that or, or have the suspect that, oh my gosh, I think I might be pregnant. I can't even feed myself. How am I going to feed another child? All right, so if um, I was one of these women, What am I going to do? Christine, mm-hmm. if I was one of these mm-hmm. women and yeah, I yeah. call your hotline, let's say, walk me through what yep. happened on July 4th, because that's when you got your first call. So this oh. young lady 
What, what I think you told mm-hmm. me she called Planned Parenthood and didn't get an answer, and then she called your hotline. Yep. So walk us through that. Yep. Let I want I want my listeners to understand the the heart, really the love that you poured out to this young woman yeah. on July fourth, where she could have made mm-hmm. a life altering horrible decision. But she didn't. Yeah. You came to her rescue. Yeah. So walk us through that. What happened mm-hmm. on July 4th, 2018? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm with, I was with uh, my, my little boy who's off school, and my husband's an officer, and he's on duty. And so we're just at the house. Thankfully, I was around. I saw the hotline call coming in. It comes in on our phones, and I have the choice to say, you know, it's, you know, hotline through the, the system, you know, ignore voicemail or answer. I'm like, I'll answer this one. It's July 4th. We're home. We don't have anything going on until later today. And uh, it's a young lady, and she's like, I just arrived by bus. Okay, sure. Hi, my name's Christine. What's your name? Oh, uh, you know, X. Uh, what am I going to call her? Pink Sneakers. <laughs> That's what's next to me. <laughs> my name is Pink Sneakers. <laughs> um, I said, well, yeah, what can I do for you? Well, how's it going today? Well, uh, I just got to the shelter. Mm-hmm. And so I'm on I'm on the phone, and I'm looking up uh, – you know, pregnant, what do I do now? And uh, I see that there's a uh, Planned Parenthood, um, but I'm not quite sure I want to have an abortion. But, you know, I, I called the number, but they weren't answering. But I called I called your number. Do you do abortions as well? I said, well, we have some alternatives. But you know what? It's July 4th. Are you in a safe place? Yeah, I just got to the shelter. Okay, are you all checked in? I'm getting checked in. Okay, uh, what's the safe place near the shelter I can meet you at? Well, there's a McDonald's nearby. Oh, great. You know what? I'm I'm on the road with my son. We're just doing some errands. Is it just you today? Oh, I have my daughter with me. Oh, that's wonderful. How old is she? She's two. Oh, good. I have an extra car seat. Uh, is there a McDonald's or a Starbucks near you? Yeah, there's a McDonald's. We, we coordinate a location. Hey, I can be there in about a half an hour. Can you be there as well? Sure. Okay. So we're on the road. Oh, that's <laughs> so awesome. So there goes my day. Mm-hmm. And I literally met met pig sneakers in person and, uh, you know, had a backpack with a few disheveled belongings and uh, a little girl literally with, you know, two diapers that the the uh, center gave her and no change of clothes and uh, a, a little broken down stroller. And that's it. That's well, and, all she escaped with onto the bus. And how far along in her pregnancy was mm-hmm. she? 20 weeks already. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. gosh. And they 20 put her weeks. out on the street. So she, she knew. Yeah, she was like, I'm a few months along, I'm pretty sure. And uh, she said, I, I don't want to have to abort, but I think in California I can abort. And I'm like, I, I'm not quite sure of the laws, but I believe in California you can abort up until viability or date of birth or something crazy like that. And it's I know it's well into the second trimester. Yeah, so uh, we Googled up on the phone right away. said, oh, 20 weeks, let's take a look on the phone. So what I do is I always have the girl go to her phone and look up what 20 weeks conception or development looks like. 20 weeks conception, hit Google, hit images. It's right there. I don't have to tell her anymore. That's what the baby looks like right now. She wasn't feeling it move yet. It's right about the time she might feel it move. She was a lean little girl, um, you know, a little undernourished, I thought. And maybe maybe she wasn't feeling yet. But the next call, of course, is from me to... um, one of the people that I can get a hold of to try and get an ultrasound for her right away. Oh. Um, so we, we coordinate for that. And that's going to be a couple days later. And then I, uh, I text over to uh, my counselor, my outreach manager, who's a counselor. You know, I, I have a girl. This is what we're doing. This is what's going on. How can you help out? 
And she's like, oh, well, I can get on the system and I can get some of these things together and I can get materials and books and guides and all this stuff. And I said, yeah, sure, okay. I'll coordinate with uh, Pink Sneakers to bring her in on the 5th uh, into the office. And that way she'll come into our environment and it looks like a girl's bedroom in the office. And we have all kinds of books and guides and just it's the warmth and that like loving embrace. But she actually, she didn't need any of that. What she just needed was like a hot meal, a shower and someone to talk to. Um, And we were the first ones. So she really wasn't like pro-abortion minded. She just, she didn't know what else to do, right? She's scared. She's homeless. She's hungry. Yep. She's scared and homeless and everything. Yeah. Well, when she saw the, in the, on the, on Google images, what was her response Mm -hmm. looking at a 20 week old baby? I mean, because that's, that's about as she said, big. oh, I didn't realize. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she already has a child. But her first child um, was born in a small city, and she had very little prenatal care. And, you know, it, God's grace that the child turned out just fine. Mm-hmm. But that's, you know, that's how it is for a majority of young ladies. Their child is fine. There's no issues. The development is normal. They're going to have a natural birth. Everything's great. So she saw this image and said, oh, I didn't realize my baby was this large. Um, you know, larger than an orange, you know, the size of a grapefruit. I mean, just, you know, it's, it's putting it into perspective of what your hands look like holding that child. Oh yeah. You know, so I take a a t-shirt, I I do really, you know, easy things, you know, I'll take, um, a t-shirt and wad it up or her daughter's two pairs of shoes and put them together. And that length is the length and say, your baby's this long and it weighs this much. And this is how it's developing. And I have her daughter put her hand on her, on the mommy's tummy and say, baby inside, baby, baby. Mm-hmm. And her little daughter is just too, is, you know, saying mama and dada and please and help and, you know, more for French fries, of course. And right. she says, baby. And I'm like, put the hand on the mother's tummy, baby. And I'm like, there's no difference between the child inside and the child outside. It's that this one can respond to you and the one inside responds in a different way. Right. You know, but you're a mother of two. So what did it take to, um, it's not even so much you're persuading her, you're just letting her know what you can do for her, Mm -hmm. what you can provide. So you have a choice of shelters, correct me if I'm wrong, in many different states, right? Because San Jose, like you said, it's too expensive. Even if she had probably a Mm full-time job working at Safeway, she probably cannot afford Mm -hmm. to live in San Jose. Uh Uh-uh. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. So yeah. San Jose through. is so prohibitive. Uh-huh. Yeah. So um, then our, our, our discussion is, you know, not it's not necessarily termination, although she was going to call Planned Parenthood first just because the name resonated with her. So that resonates to young ladies, not necessarily as termination minded, but that, well, they provide all the services, don't they? They'll help me in my pregnancy, won't they? Well, and we know the answers to that is, no, they don't see young women through the birth of a child. That's not their intention or their mission. Nope. Um, and their intention and mission would be would be to terminate. Or I'm not sure what else they would do with a woman that's this far along that knows she has a child. But that's the only name that resonates. And so what we're trying to do is get more household common names birth and beyond. Oh, that sounds like they're going to help me through the birth of a child and maybe afterwards. Well, yeah, that's exactly what we do. But we're trying to do a campaign so that young women will actually find us just as common as they would find one that it it imitates, you know, Planned Parenthood sounds like they're going to plan for you to be a parent, not to plan for you to be a not parent. Exactly. Um, So what we do is 
Yeah, so I run her through the whole gamut of options of, you know, this is how long this particular shelter will help you, and this is what they can do, and this is what we will do. And uh, naturally, we connect her as well with Catholic Social Services. Uh, I make sure that she's on uh, Medi-Cal in California, and if not, we can help do the enrollment online. So we're we're uh, one of the entities or corporations that can help enroll her. Mm-hmm. So we make sure that she and her child already have immediate health care. So we get that need covered. We get her so she's going to have an ultrasound right away at a, at a good clinic. Um, it's going to help her out medical-wise just to make sure everything's good. And then uh, we have her sign um, bravers with the shelter and ourselves. And that way the shelter uh, home, home managers can all speak with me and I can speak with them about what's going to be best for her as a woman mm-hmm. and where can she go. So I ask her, um, who does she know that's in the Bay Area? How did she end up here? Does she know people in other states? And I said, what if you could dream of a dream of a life for me and you tell me what your what your ideal situation is with yourself and two two children? You know, do you have a job? What kind of job is it? If you could be anything you wanted to, what would it be? Where would you live? Would you have a house, an apartment? Would you live with other young ladies? I said, just dream for me what your world looks like now that you can breathe and you're safe. And I give her a little blank journal and I have a little papers and we're, we're coloring on the back of menus from Denny's that have crayons right. and I'm like just draw a picture of what it looks like yeah and so I just let her sit back and just dream for a little while mm-hmm. you know are there trees in the yard is it a warm climate is there a cold climate you know how many friends do you have are you a faith what kind of faith is it you know th- this um, is really, you know are you agnostic it's really resonating mm-hmm. with me Christine because I mm-hmm. had I had educated some girls in an inner city Washington DC school in Anacostia DC mm-hmm. it's one of the one of the just toughest areas of Washington and uh, it was rather unexpected oh, yeah. it was a Friday afternoon I actually went there to hear a guest speaker and then they heard that I educate you know about the history of, of all this kind of stuff and um, they asked me if I oh, would yeah. go and teach the um, high school girls, because on Fridays they separate the boys from the girls, and the girls will have a guest speaker, and the boys will have a guest speaker. So my, my point in bringing this up is these are girls, many mm-hmm. of whom are probably very much at risk of you know getting pregnant, oh, yeah. out of wedlock. And um, so I taught them the back history, but before I got going, though, I asked them for their for their dream, like what is it that they're wanting to do with their life? And probably out of the 17 girls, 15 out of 17, shared their dream. So I think the importance of allowing these young, scared women to return to dreaming, because when we lose yeah. our hope, when we lose our dreams, that's when everything seems like everything just dries up. So I want my listeners mm-hmm. to stay tuned because Christine has a lot more information to share. She's doing something that needs to be done in every major city across America. And we will be right back. Think back to the last time you felt healthy and energized. The best times of our lives occur when we're at the peak of our health, sleeping better, full of energy and focus. We know that fades with age and you might be feeling the effects of aging as low energy and poor sleep. But it doesn't have to be that way. There haven't been any nutrition systems designed to rejuvenate our bodies as we get older until now. Healthy Cell Pro is the only multinutrient system that impacts the building block of your body, the cell. Created by anti-aging expert and Nobel Prize nominee, Dr. Vincent Giampapa. 
Award-winning Healthy Cell Pro cuts through the complexity of nutrition supplements by simply giving you the purest ingredients, filling dietary gaps to nourish your cells and enhance your quality of life for optimal performance. Visit HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for an exclusive discount or call 844-869-9958. All right, you're back with Terry Beatley on What If We've Been Wrong, and I'm interviewing Christine Ibanez, who's the director of Birth and Beyond in San Jose, California. It's really exciting because Christine is literally rescuing women who are homeless in San Jose, California, getting them off the street. These are women who are pregnant, and she's helping them uh, have hope again, have dreams again, and she is actually able to give these pregnant women so many choices. Christine, it probably makes them go cross-eyed. You're giving them so many choices. Walk us through again those choices mm-hmm. and the young woman you were describing on July 4th. Uh, what did she end up mm-hmm. deciding? I don't know if you can share the town that she went to, but just kind of walk us, finish walking us through her story. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's she's dreaming of a better hope and a life. And uh, she said, yeah, I imagine myself raising, raising my kids and uh, having a job. And she said, um, she shared a little bit more that she's a... Um, successful escapee from a domestic violence situation um, with a partner and yeah and had been through an awful lot and was actually in and out of uh, foster homes as a youth and in and out of shelters as a youth and had always just been sort of scraping by her whole life you know and here she is in her her early 20s and she's got a little two-year-old daughter she's she's taken around with her and uh, the little daughter is just ripe for that age where she needs uh, development. You know, she needs to have the beginning of the education. Her little brain is growing so fast. Um, I would just love to see her in one of these Head Start preschools and see the young lady have a job or a career. I said, what would you do? And she said, I actually want, want to help the girls in my own situation because I'm such a pro at working the systems from foster through the shelters. But then all of a sudden I found myself in this situation where I had a domestic I had a partner that was emotionally and and verbally just abusive. And then it turned to physical. And that's when she just said, enough is enough. Mm -hmm. Um, But she knew more about the the system than I did. But she also knew San Jose is prohibitively expensive and thought, I don't know where I'm going to go. I don't know what I'm going to do. And I think I'm pregnant again. And her the windows all seem to close for her and everything narrows in when you have nowhere to go and no options. um, We want to be the ones to hold out our hands. And so I say, well, what if you could live somewhere else? She's like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, the small town you came from to come to the big city. um, What if you could go somewhere else? Like, what if it was another state? What do you mean another state? Well, there's lots of other places that are affordable. Um, I said there's neighboring states and communities, and I have a network of pregnancy centers that are uh, pregnancy homes, and they take the young ladies in, you know, with and without their other children also, and let them stay the entire pregnancy, give them education, give them support, vocational training, uh, job assistance, um, resume writing, and life skills, you know, how to rent an apartment, how to be responsible, how to pay your rent, how how to pay your bills every month, how to do a budget, um, things that people take for granted, but young people just, they don't know how to do it. They're, they're scraping by hand to mouth and they have some money in their pocket, but they don't have a future. I said, what if you put money in a checking account every month and you had money there and you had a debit card, like I'm paying for a debit card with our meals. And she's like, 
oh, I have a, a WIC card sometimes. I have SNAP, but that ran out, the mm-hmm. assistance program. And I just get uh, Visa prepaid cards. I don't know what it means to have a bank account. Okay, what if that was something you could do? Oh, that's that's not for me. No, it is for you. <laughs> this American dream of living and being sufficient is for everyone. I said, let's think of other places. And so I make calls uh, while I'm not with her. I make 10 or 12 calls, of course, uh, starting on July 4th in the evening. And midday on the 5th, the one was answered. It was like literally the one. And I knew it was going to be the amazing, the best situation. But to present it to her carefully. You know, it's two states away. Um, It's a different climate. Um, Do you know anybody in that state? I do. And she has friends that are, I think the two cities are maybe 100 miles apart or so. So she's got a couple of contacts, you know, friends of friends, somebody she grew up with, who knows. And I said, what if you could stay in a place that had... You know, a yard, a garden, chickens, lambs, cows. I mean, literally, I paint the whole picture of what it looks like. She's like, well, that would be great. Are you sure? Yeah, and I, I just look her in the eyes every time I talk to her. And we just take our hands and I just look at her and say, this can be your future. And all you have to do is say yes and trust us. You know, and of this, course, this, this is a girl who doesn't trust anybody. Right. She doesn't trust anybody yeah. and she has no, Mm-mm. she had, Mm-mm. she has it now, but she had no vision Mm-mm. for even remotely Mm-mm. being independent. Mm-mm. She literally thought nope. her whole life she's going to uh-huh. have to be hand to mouth and never be able yep. to experience the American yep. dream. You know, I, I, yeah. I just think this yeah. is so Yeah, and on profound. food stamps forever. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of the people that we're meeting that are in the homeless encampments or at a shelter and reach out to us and say, birth and beyond, what does beyond mean? I'm like, live the dream. Uh, Literally from Rapunzel, live the dream. You know, just um, it's us showing them that they can have a hope and a future that they didn't even think existed. And to say that it's real, you know, and um, I'm not paid by some funded agency. We're an independent little tiny donor funded nonprofit right. and we have no skin in the game other than our love to help them. So I'm not a counselor at a shelter. I'm not, you know, part of a big network where we have to do and say certain things. We do it because we know it's the right thing to do. Um, and it's out of love and faith. So I put together this entire scenario for her of here's what it could look like you know, here are your options and your options are many. And she sees windows and doors becoming open. And she says, well, if I go this way, I do this. If I go that way, I do that. If I go this way, I do. So there's so many directions to go in and none of them is termination. None of them is wait to have a child. And none of them says to her, you're not worthy. And it's not the right time in your life right now. No, it is the right time. She's pregnant. This is her time. This is her, this is her glory. She's allowed to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so many people that say that they're choice, pro-choice, they're not pro many choices. They're pro one choice and their choice is termination. Um, and their one choice when they say they're pro-choice is to say, oh, you're not ready to be a mother now. You're not where you don't deserve it. You're a homeless girl on the streets. Why do you think you can do this? And I say, why not? Why do we think that their only choice is termination? Her choice has already been made. She's already pregnant. The choices are her future choices and her vision for herself. And no one else presents that except for pregnancy centers like ours. Well, let me ask you something, Um, But we're kind of unique because we minister on the streets. Christine, let me interject with a question here about adoption. Do you find that many of these young women are open to that idea? Or is it just 
Is it too heart-wrenching for them to think, oh my gosh, I have to quote, and I hate this quote, give a baby up for adoption. I don't use those words, by the way. Mm-hmm. To me, it's providing a life and a future for a baby, for a child, which is also very, um, it's a very healthy decision for many of the young women. Mm-hmm. So when you, t- when you broach the topic of abortion, uh, of not abortion, mm-hmm. uh, when you broach the topic of adoption with a lot of these young mm-hmm. women, what's their response? Are they mm-hmm. open to talking about that? Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. When uh, a young lady says, well, I'm just not ready to be a parent right now, yeah. um, it's going to interfere with, you know, school or education or finding a home or those things. We, we present her with it as, as one of the viable options alongside. You can be a parent and there are GED programs and we can get child care available so that you can finish that diploma and continue your life. Mm-hmm. Um, if she's very young, and when I first joined uh, Juan Diego, I was helping in the final stages of a 14-year-old um, at a high school very near our center who was uh, um, going to adopt out her child. Um, it wasn't in her plan or vision to be a parent at 14. Um, she definitely was not ready to do it and didn't want to. But what she wanted to do is we use a term like co-parent. Um, really, it's choosing the family that will raise your baby. And uh, the two adoptions I've seen were both fully open. Um, And for Christmas, we fly the young ladies to the new city where the the new family has the, the child. And she'll always know that she was the birth mom that helped bring this child to life to help a a couple become a family. So it's childless couples becoming families. Um, And I always say to them, it's a way for your child to have a life and a future um, beyond what you can even see right now, because none of us knows what's going to happen in the future for it. But what do you see this child growing up in what kind of environment, you know, and are you part of that? And she's like, "I, I can't see that. I just don't. Okay. Well, you know, if you're open to it, there are many couples um, who either already have, you know, several children or have one child, but there are many that don't have any children yet, and they've been praying and longing for one, or they have situations where they they can't conceive for some reason, and they would love to give your baby a chance to have that life that you dream, and so it's your child, your baby, your choice for adoption. Well, I just think Mm -hmm. there's so many childless couples out there, so many infertile people. Of course, we know a lot of the Mm -hmm. reasons for all this infertility, but that's not the point of today's conversation. Mm -hmm. But we just know that they're by the, you know, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people who want to have a Mm -hmm. baby. Um, So I I think it's just such a beautiful option. And it's not necessarily an easy option for the young mother, no. you know, to, you know, to, if she mm-hmm. you know, carries that baby full term and, but, but to know it's far better than, than killing a baby through, through abortion. I mean, my gosh, the blessings yeah. will multiply and will flow mm-hmm. for multiple generations mm-hmm. until here, until eternity. Uh, by her making mm-hmm. that life affirming choice. Now, if you had a message for mm-hmm. men, uh, what, what would you be telling some of the men who, I don't know, maybe some of the men who are in the lives of these young women? What, or, or, yeah, what, what, yeah, definitely. For those, those partners and those boyfriends and those young men who, um, their parents as well. Um, you know, the moment that we have a, a viable pregnancy, we have two parents already, um, you know, whether they want to talk about it or not. But uh, for young men, 
Um, we have a, a stand firm, stand faithful, um, you know, step up, um, you know, acknowledge that, you know, you are a parent now. This this baby is yours as well. Um, you have a decision to make with her as to how you're going to raise the child together if you want to be in the child's life. Um, the young man that was um, the partner of the young woman with the first adoption I'd helped was also, you know, a high school um, young man. And the, 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 their parents, which are now the grandparents, which is X generation, which is my generation, um, all the grandparents said, you know, well, we could help raise the baby if we had to on all sides, but it's up to the two young people. Mm-hmm. And the young man was willing to step up and say, you know, I, I can't raise a baby right now either. And, uh, you know, my girlfriend wants to adopt the child out, and I think that's best for the baby as well. But you have to get them saying my child, my baby, baby, the baby, the, you know, the young person, Mm -hmm. um, and it, and acknowledge that, you know, not a clump of cells, it's a baby in there and you put it there, right? (laughs) you know? Um, and it was a loving act to create, it was their boyfriend and girlfriend. It was a loving act, maybe a little too mature for what they were ready for. Who knows? Um, but it was a loving act that created that child. And with that same love, they can then choose where they want that child to be. Um, so I tell him, I say, whether or not you're still connected to the girl, it was an act of love at the time and an act of love created that child. So now with that love in mind, even if you're not with her anymore, what future do you want for your child? And we try to paint the same picture for him. And that's hard. They don't visualize, they don't dream and scheme. They don't have a, a Pinterest board with pictures on it. Right. You know, they're hard nuts and bolts and the nuts and bolts with them sometimes needs to be conception and development. They know far less about conception and development than the girl does. The minute that girl is two or three days late in her cycle, she knows something's going on. There's something wrong. Right. And that's one thing about being a parent. It's one thing about being a parent. Uh, you, you know, as soon as the young woman's pregnant, they're both parents mm-hmm. and you cannot, they can yep. never undo that. And that's where I think the abortion no. industry has so commandeered like the language, the the young woman, yeah, I know she's hoping she can go back to being not a parent. You know, she thinks by being right. not pregnant, she can become not a parent, mm-hmm. but it's forever mm. changed her life. It's right. just a matter of, is she going yeah. to make bad choices going forward or is she going to make really good right. life affirming decisions? Uh, so th- this is, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, choices. These are yeah. fantastic yeah. options. Yeah. I mean, and you're giving yeah. these young women so many options. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And then how about um, as far as, okay, so we've gone over the free services, or have we covered all the free mm-hmm. services that Birth and uh, Beyond? So we, we've mm, got our pregnancy test. Probably, there's more. Yeah. The, yep, we'll do the test. Uh, we'll do a little uh uh, informal non-medical confirmation of pregnancy. We'll get her on. If we start signing her up for in California, what's called med cal the free medical services. Uh, when a woman is confirmed pregnant, you're allowed to sign her up in the system immediately online for health care for her and her baby, even if she has none and no means and she's homeless. Mm-hmm. And by doing that in that very first visit where we have her in the room and we're looking at the pregnancy test and we see that second line developing, our counselor is already drafting up a confirmation of pregnancy form and we're logging into Medi-Cal with her and we're saying, hi, we're, we're going to get you onto free medical coverage as of right now for you and your baby. 
And that way we don't even let her out the door without getting coverage and without getting a confirmation that says, I'm going to be a parent. Here's my timeline. You know, I'm going to go see a doctor next. I'm going to go get an ultrasound and a blood test. And I'm going to get on the path of taking care of my body and the baby's body. So we immediately um, affirmed that choice by actually telling the government she's pregnant. You know, we want her to have health care and coverage. And that's one good thing in California that they do. So she doesn't leave with a stick with two pink lines thinking I could still walk over to Planned Parenthood and end it all. Mm -mm. We're going to give her a nine month journal right then and there. We're going to give her a little blank journal to draw her hopes and dreams. Um, We're going to set her up with uh, maternity items that we can. We have um, a supply of little cute outfits and clothing and gift cards. And we have earn while you learn now as well. So she'll go online. That's how she found us. We wanted to go back online and write a review of us. Very honest, open, unbiased. Write your review right away. Do it in uh, English and Spanish if you can and let other young ladies know what your experience was. So by doing that, we, we keep her coming back because she's earning points and the points turn into dollars and they turn into items. Um, and they see that stroller in that car seat a little further down. But right now they see items for her. They see books and journals and guides. They see gift cards. Uh, they see clothing available and they go, oh, it's not so bad to be pregnant. This place is going to help me out. <laughs> and of course, so, and we'll we- set her up with um, any kind of counseling that she'll need in a variety of ways. But I think our uniqueness is in that we don't wait for her to make an appointment and we're not waiting for her to find us online. We do let her find us online. We're working with the shelters in town to give them brochures that their house managers can give a young lady that says, if you might be pregnant, here's what to do next. Um, And we will go to the shelter in the middle of the night with a pregnancy test and a help guide and do it right then and there. And we're going to homeless encampments and no one else does that. No one. Either they're not allowed to, uh, their charter doesn't allow it, their parent company doesn't allow it, the the government grant they're on doesn't allow it. Well, fooey to that, we're independently funded and donated, and our board said, yes, please, go to those shelters, go to the encampments, and find her. That's she exists. So beautiful. Yeah. And the marginalized women, yeah, the marginalized young women don't have other help. And so I show up handing out sandwiches and sneakers and water with my group of non-secular friends of any faith and no faith. And there I am with my little cross around my neck. And that's my only indication of faith or it's in my eyes and my heart. Christine, when we come back, Mm -hmm. we're going to talk about who was Juan Diego, because I want every American to know who was Juan Diego. So we'll be right back. The Out Loud Perspective awaits you in life, love, politics, a healthy lifestyle, your faith, personal development, and living an out loud life on AmericaOutloud.com. Blitz your news and entertainment network where you can listen 24-7 on our free apps on both Android and Apple. Welcome to the new era in communications, America Out Loud Talk Radio. Women's Care in San Jose, California. She's setting a new precedent. 
showing crisis pregnancy centers. Look at what we're doing out here. We're literally rescuing women who are homeless and pregnant. You're rescuing them off the city street and you're rebuilding and you're building a culture of love and a culture of life. Um, the, 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 I guess you'd say the mother company over birth and beyond women's care is called the Juan Diego Society. And I think it's important, Christine, for us to let people know who was Juan Diego because he's, he's become a very, very famous saint. However, most Americans have no clue who he, who he was. Uh, of course, if you're down in Mexico, you would probably know. Uh, but tell us a little bit about who was Juan Diego. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, we were formed after um, the saint himself, Saint Juan Diego. Um, and the saint himself is uh, from down in Mexico. And this young man had um, visions um, of Our Lady. He had apparitions. Um, from what we understand, Our Lady, uh, Our Lady of Guadalupe, our Mother Mary, um, was telling him that he needed to um, build a church and become prayerful and turn back to the Lord and stop um, the killings. There was um, a, a huge amount of killings going on in Mexico at the time, and they were doing human sacrifices and all kinds of things. And basically, she wanted to help him help themselves to turn this around. So he had this um, respect for her, and he had this wonderful apparition. He kept going back to the townspeople saying, I've seen Mary up on the mountains, and she's telling me to stop doing this this killing and to build a church and to, to turn to the Lord. And they said, yeah, right, okay. But basically, um, he kept seeing her and seeing her, and he said, okay, I'm going to prove it now. So she uh, wore this, um, they call it uh, the tilma, right, the, the robes that she wore, she said, I'm going to have a gift for you to tell the townspeople. She opened her tilma and roses fell out. And he gathered the roses and brought them back to town. And this is a place where roses don't grow. And basically, this was the sign that he was to present to the local townspeople and to the bishop in town. And it was roses. It's like snow in San Jose, California. It doesn't exist. He finally brought back a visible, markable sign. And then... Now the townspeople believed him. And this began the beginnings of, you had, you had mentioned it to me too, in the beginning of the call, a culture of life and not a culture of death. And so what's beginning is a culture of life. And what we want to do is get people embraced that human sacrifice is not okay, that it's not okay to kill people, whether they're adults, children, or in the womb. But it was St. Juan Diego and Our Lady of Guadalupe that we pray for the intercession of. We, we hope that they will help our center. And for the last 32 years, we've had prayer warriors and benefactors that have helped us because they share that vision also. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And, and you're building. You're building that kind of a culture, and you're, you're leading mm -hmm. by example. It's not just an idea that's written on paper. Yep. How many women now yeah. um, have you yeah. literally rescued off the street? Because you just kicked this off, right, this summer. Yeah. Am I right on that? Yep. This summer. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. After uh, I met with folks from a, a wonderful organization, Heartbeat International, and went to their conference and learned more about how to build and develop um, a business model that's more uh, client facing. And we did some some really good studies with high school students and asking around and who we know. Mm -hmm. And we found out our young millennials will find us in different ways, but they'll find us online. They'll find us on the streets. 
Um, then I became uh, a homeless advocate myself as well and found out Ooh, there's a lot of homeless women on the streets that are pregnant or possibly pregnant, not getting any help. Mm-hmm. So that made us turn to how are we going to find her? Well, she may have access to the Internet and to a phone and she can Google and Yelp and, you know, search and find us. And the search engines are hopefully building our base and rising us to the top. But she might be at the library with free Internet. So we're there with with brochures and with help and advice. She might be getting free lunch. We're there at those programs as well. She might be at a, a shelter. We're there as well. She might be on the streets. So I'm part of a group of 50 people that go out every other Saturday and we just hand out little cards uh, along with the lunch, the water, the food, the help, the clothing, the shoes, everything. Little card. Just, you know, services available. And Ambarazo Ayuda, question mark, uh, Espanol. And I don't speak Espanol, but I can get her through to a counselor in Spanish quickly enough Mm -hmm. um, that will help her. So what we do is we're, we're on the streets. I'm in the encampments. So our Juan Diego benefactors need to know that we're different because we do go to the streets. We're not just sitting in an office waiting, waiting for, for her to book an appointment online and come see us. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's thank a, you very much. It's a big difference. Um, we've always been sidewalk advocates. We've always been outside of Planned Parenthood praying the rosary and intervening with young women. Um, and we have a very uh, love-based, open-handed, heart-based approach to helping these young women. Um, my first own personal save was the day that I had actually a coffee in hand because I took a break from praying, lifted my sunglasses up to look the girl in the eyes, uh, shifted coffee, and I had no books, no guides, just myself and said, hi, I'm Christine. Well, that girl was homeless, and that was months ago. It turns out that was the first save, and that would repeat itself without me even knowing it. Um, the next girl came to us because she found us while searching for you know, option, options, alternatives, you know, I want to, I want to call a hotline. She called every hotline she could. We're probably the eighth on the list because we're not that high in a search engine, but I answered the phone on July 4th and, and we got her. Mm-hmm. Um, I think God just puts me in the right place. Yeah. But for our benefactors, uh, it's jdwcenter.org, juandiegocenter.org. Um, that's where they can find us and read about us. But our vision is pretty clear. It's pretty simple. It's a world where women are not outcast for choosing life for their unborn children. Mm-hmm. Um, and so our mission, our mission. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wait, when you say, what is your stated mission? Oh, yeah. It's uh, to support women through birth and beyond and for choosing life for their unborn babies in a Christ-centered environment. Okay. All right. So, so and I think that's important is we don't lose the Christ-centeredness of the mission, Mm-mm. you know, because when you take Christ out of the center, yeah. I mean, you're, you're, because those babies need to know who Jesus Christ is. The mothers, if they don't know who Jesus yeah. is, they need to know. And that's mm-hmm. where you, the, all this love comes from in the first place, <laughs> from, from your heart. And even just yeah. listening to you, Christine, you're so enthusiastic. Mm-hmm. You're so animated. You're so full of joy. It, just, it radiates mm-hmm. just over the, the, the radio interview here. Um, and I'm, I'm just so truly grateful Thanks. for that. Uh, let's see. So how about, um, how about churches? Have you been able to get out and explain to mm-hmm. churches uh, birth and beyond? And are you getting any support from local churches? Any women coming to mm-hmm. you from the local church market? What are you finding? Yeah, we're, um, we traditionally have been uh, formed and based and did I'd say 99.99% of the fundraising through our local Catholic churches. 
Um, and we still continue to do so um, as much as we can. We try to get into the bulletins. We try to do a baby bottle drive, a second collection here and there, um, and to get the word out through through our faith-based organization. But we're branching out now more. Um, I have some some volunteers that are based in uh, Bible-based churches, born-again Christians. Mm-hmm. Um, our newest um, outreach manager is a very active member of uh, the Latter-day Saints faith mm-hmm. um, through the LDS Church. And they do similar things that we do, unbelievably. All faiths lead to life and faith and hope in God. And whether they're overtly pro-life or not, they definitely will talk about the sanctity of life. And when you when you get them into a conversation about uh, choices a young woman could make, because they may say immediately, well, we're pro-choice just because we don't want to intervene between her and God in that choice. And we say, well, we need to assist her in God and that choice. And if she doesn't know the resources available, she may unfortunately choose death for the child. Um, And that's not something that any Christian wants to hear, but they're a little hands off about it. But we bring them back into the conversation about how we can help the young ladies, but how they can help us. Um, Because we're 100% donor funded, right? We don't have any state or federal grants because those would place restrictions on us as to who we help and how, and what we say, and how we say it, and what kind of services we can deliver. And they would never allow us the things that we do now, which is go to homeless encampments, take her under our wing, buy her food and groceries, give her our personal cell numbers, take her to the shelter, um, and literally uh, a few days after July 4th, I picked up the woman um, and her little daughter, who was still asleep, they were both asleep, I had to give her some coffee, oops, <laughs> at 5.30 in the morning to see her to an Amtrak train to go to another city to the pregnancy home. Um, we don't want any restrictions of that type, so we don't accept anything but individual donations. Now, do you keep in touch um, And it is face based donations that we try to get, yeah. Christine, do you keep in touch with the young woman once she's at the maternity home? Do you keep in touch with her? Oh, yeah, definitely. You do? Okay. All right. Yep, yep, yep. We make sure that there's a, it's a quick waiver that's signed between us and the the location where she ends up um, staying at. And that allows us to speak with her and for us to speak with their counselors and to continue the care. So we want to celebrate birthdays with these young ladies when the babies are born. And she's still in our Earn While You Learn program. So she can still be doing things online and have uh, voice calls with our counselor. She doesn't need to be physically present. And we'll keep sending her gift cards. We'll keep sending her, um, you know, e-books to read. We'll mail a care package of, you know, you know, journals and candy bars and gift cards. Whatever, whatever she needs to say, these Juan Diego people never let me go. Well, um, well, well, and we're just... celebrating multiple birthdays. What you just said about um, books and ebooks. That's what I'm excited about because mm-hmm. with my book, What If We've yep. Been Wrong, Keeping My Promise to America's Abortion King, is if yep. we can get these young women through that point system motivated to read the book, they will know more about the history of how, you know, we ended up becoming such a culture of death and sadly embracing abortion through them learning the true story of Dr. Bernard Mm -hmm. Nathanson, who was America's abortion king, and then he switched sides to the pro-life side, then he became a believer, um, and and he Mm -hmm. spent the rest of his life trying to undo what he did, which was sell abortion to America, but he wanted to restore a culture of life. So if we can get these young girls to Mm -hmm. read through that book and maybe pass a little, you know, whatever, Mm -hmm. quiz, I guess you'd say, 
um, mm -hmm. to earn X number of points, well then we have a solid, well-educated, pro-life American. Uh, so hallelujah to that. Yeah, we're not only turning her from a, a pro a pro-life person, but actually knowing more in detail about the horrors about what goes on behind the doors at Planned Parenthood. Um, it's not just that, well, they provide some good services and they do STD testing. And if a young woman is, is contraception minded, they'll provide that and they'll do a, a breast screening exam, uh, but not an actual mammogram. Wow. Well, there are some good services, admittedly, but as long as they're killing babies behind closed doors, we want nothing to do with them. Absolutely and not. we need to expose that. You're absolutely right. We need to have her educated and to be an advocate in her own circle of friends. She's at a shelter. She's with uh, you know, a, a network of other young women that are um, maybe homeless, maybe in an educational program. Maybe they're doing Earn While You Learn together or they're, they're seeking advice. Maybe they're getting their GED together. Mm -hmm. It's one woman to another exposing what goes on at these uh, um, clinics that are, uh, you know, abortion mills, they're death mills. You know, uh, one person said to me, if you went to a dry cleaner that did an amazing job, but they committed abortions in the back room and killed babies, you wouldn't go to them. Well, of course not. But that's what Planned Parenthood does. They put on a, a nice front and a nice face with services that appear to be women affirming, you know, but those services are available at publicly funded health centers. They're available at Compracare. They're available at uh, pro-life centers as well. They're available at obstetricians offices. We don't need to have her going to a place whose main source of, of revenue is death. That's right. And what they're doing is they're trying to unwind the Catholic Church and the Catholic faith from being able to minister to these young women. And you said it. You said that there was a plan, and we now know what the plan is to unwind the church's pro-life movement. Well, we're going to do the opposite because we're going to have her educate herself by reading your book and knowing what was the plan when Nathanson put this together way back when and said, this is how we're going to do it. This is how we're going to sneak in with all this deceptive marketing and tactics. And now it's being exposed. It's being exposed by many people in the public and the media, but we need to expose it to her. Exactly. She was the one that thought they did something good. She doesn't know what the what's going on behind the closed doors behind the curtain so if we educate her she becomes our advocate without even asking her to be our advocate but Absolutely. we need to arm these young women on the streets with what the real story is so because you're, you're the, right we need to get them involved in that and the, you know they go and they tell other women that's one thing women are great at is we will talk <laughs> oh yeah we will talk and we yep. will share social media that's in right. person that's right yeah in the in yeah. the back of the yep. book FaceTime, is the, Instagram tweeting that's everywhere right. um, I just want to point out because in the back of the book one of the appendices is Norma McCorvey's affidavit she was the Roe of Roe v. Wade however 30 years later after Roe v. Wade she um, worked with two attorneys to try to overturn the Supreme Court's Roe v. Wade decision so Roe herself had become pro-life Roe herself had become a Christian as well right. And she wanted American mm. women to know the truth. I mean, she wanted to set them free and then to, to stop this, you know, overturn Roe v. Wade to rebuild a culture of, of love and a culture of life, which is completely in sync with what Dr. Bernard Nathanson wanted as well. So, we, you know, we do have a big job ahead of us, and you, you're doing it, girl. What, 
Name three oh, action <laughs> items, just real quick. Uh, we don't have much time left, but three mm-hmm. action items our listeners can do that might help you out. What would you like for people to do? Two mm-hmm. or three action items. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, go to Facebook and find uh, Juan Diego Women's Center and like and follow our page. Mm-hmm. Um, and then go to our website and sign up for our electronic newsletter uh, jdwcenter.org and while you're there uh, it's let's see the one two three the fourth button over from the left on the very top of the home menu says the word donate and we would love to take your donations please we're all privately funded it's all individual donors um, even starting with a couple dollars a month that helps us out uh, we need to buy diapers supplies vitamins, clothing, books and guides. Um, you know, I have majority of our counselors are, are free. They are volunteers, but I have two and one half paid staff members and I would love to give them a living wage. So I gratefully and, and humbly take your donations for this. And that's about it. Yeah. Follow us on social media, like us and donate. There you go. That's it. You heard it, America, right from the mouth of Christine Ibanez. Let's help her. Let's help. Uh, let's help Birth and Beyond Women's Care in California and, and help them set an example for the rest of the United States, particularly for the major city areas across America. You're doing it, Christine. You're getting the job done. It must oh, really you. put a smile on the Lord's face. And I know you're blessing these women. You're blessing their children and you're blessing the adoptive parents when indeed the the birth mother decides adoption so god bless you and we'll probably check in with you again in the near future